Good evening, everyone. Good to see you all on this Easter Sunday. Uh, very warm welcome to our prayer and praise evening together. And what a privilege it is to be able to come and do both of those things together. As we look around, see friends, see family, as we join together as God's people to sing songs of praise and to sing prayers to our God and King. What a privilege it is. Um, this evening, uh, if you've never been to one of these towns before, maybe it's a little bit different to a Sunday evening normally at Long Crendon. Um, uh, we will be looking at God's Word together, uh, maybe for a shorter time than we normally would, uh, maybe 10 minutes or so. But we're going to allow God's Word as the central element of our time together to flow into those times where we can really sing together praises to God and also uh, pray together as God's people. So hopefully that gives you a little bit of a guidance of where we're going for the next hour or so. But before we uh, take it any further, please let me pray and ask God for his help as we gather together. Father God, as I say, we thank you so much for this privilege of being here this evening. Lord, thank you for this day and what it means, Easter Sunday, the day where King Jesus rose from the grave. Thank you that we're able to come and celebrate that truth together. And I pray as we do that this evening by looking at your word, by singing some amazing songs of truth, by coming to the throne of grace in prayer, Lord, that you be with us. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us. Lord, that you would transform us by your spirit. Please, Lord, please be at work with us this evening. And so I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing two songs together to begin our evening together. But before we do, I'm going to ask Kathy to come forward and read Mark chapter 16, verses 1 to 7. Now, this morning in our uh, service together, we looked at John's account of the resurrected King Jesus. This evening, we're going to be looking at Mark's account, how the women came and found that the tomb was empty. And hopefully, the truths of this passage will flow into some of the truths of the songs we're going to going to sing in the first block of our praise together. So Kathy, please, let's, uh, if you've got a Bible, please open it to Mark chapter 16, uh, verses 1 to 7. Mark chapter 16, beginning at verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. This is God's word. Well, hopefully that was a healthy time just to have in person reflection. But it's also important not to just have personal reflection in these times together, but also corporate corporate reflection, corporate calls and, and prayers of praise. So in the next few moments, if anyone would be willing and feel able, please, we'll leave a bit of quiet in the room, but also if you'd like to
pray out loud for us all to hear. Maybe something that God, by his spirit, has been putting on your heart to pray and share with God's people. Maybe a short, sharp prayer of praise. Please feel free to do so. If not, continue to reflect in your heart. Father, we pray that the magnitude of our salvation would fall afresh on us. Lord, that we would realise how you abhor sin, even the little ones. And Father, such sin caused you to turn your back on your own precious son in order that we might be redeemed. Oh, Father, how often we treat sin lightly. How often we even make a joke about it. But Lord, to think that your only begotten Son, our Saviour, the Saviour of the world, Lord, would be abandoned by you on the cross. Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Lord, those words should ring in our ears day by day when we realise just the immensity of what you've done, what sin drove you to do, Lord, in order to redeem your creation. But Father, we stand here today rejoicing, rejoicing in the fact that there is an Easter day, a first Easter day, when Jesus was raised from the dead. <coughs> Death could not hold him because he was sinless. Death was defeated. The curse has been removed and whosoever will bend the knee to Jesus is welcome to come and behold your face and live with you in eternity. Hallelujah, what a saviour. <laughs> so Father, we come this evening with full hearts, Lord, with thankful hearts, with rejoicing hearts, Lord, because you are ever victorious. You alone are King of kings and Lord of lords. You alone can reach down and redeem your people. Lord, your love is so great for us. Lord, it humbles us. Father, we pray that as you spare us, so the love in our hearts will increase day by day because you hold us in the very palm of your hand. Oh, bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. What a saviour. Amen. 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 Praise awaits you, our God, David wrote. To you, our vows will be fulfilled. You who answer prayer. To you, all people will come. When we were overwhelmed by sins, you forgave our transgressions. Blessed are those you choose and bring near to live in your courts. We are filled with the good things of your house, of your holy temple. You answer us with awesome and righteous deeds. God, our Saviour, the hope of all the ends of the earth and of all the farthest seas. message of the empty tomb. Look at the words of the angels. He is not here. He is risen. Come and see the place where they laid him. Then go and tell his disciples and Peter. Does we rejoice at the glorious resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who died on the cross for our sins, bearing our sin in his own body on the tree. He was laid in the garden tomb rose again the third day and is alive forevermore. Mm. And because he lives, 
we shall live also. We give you our thanks and our praise. We ask you to help us to live lives that show that, not just on Easter Sunday, but every day, until that great day when the King comes again or calls us home. We ask it in his dear name. Amen. Amen. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, if you want to get your Bibles back open, we're going to have another Bible reading now. Our first was in Mark 16, and we're going to come back to that in a few minutes. But we're going to flip now to Proverbs chapter 3. And hopefully this, uh, these verses will be familiar uh, to anyone who belongs to Long Crendon Church, because this is our verse for the year. Um, and so what we're going to be doing a little bit later, after we've sung two more songs, that this, these verses really speak into. We're going to be tying into how our verse of the year kind of comes alive in light of the resurrected King Jesus. So let me read Proverbs 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Great, it'd be great if you could have a seat and get your Bibles open to Mark uh, 16, the passage we looked at earlier, 1 to 7. Um, I'm going to be just briefly having a look at some of these verses to help continue our evening together in prayer and praise. But before I do, let me pray and ask for God's help as we come to his word. Father God, please, we ask that you would speak to us, not through my words, but Lord, through yours. Help us to understand what you'd have us hear. And Lord, help us to listen so as we may act and obey on what we hear from you. Lord, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A week ago, uh, last Saturday to be exact, I was at my brother's wedding. My younger brother, Caleb, was getting married to his darling uh, fiance at the time, now wife, Bethan. And it was a privilege for me to be involved. I was an usher for the day. And Caleb, before the day began, gave me various responsibilities. He, he gave me, he, on the, the, the sheet of responsibilities, he basically put by my name, the voice, which basically meant I have a loud voice and he wanted me to shout and tell people where to go. So I gladly accepted that responsibility throughout the day. Um, but, but one of my main roles was to welcome the guests as they arrived for the service. And I was in charge of the orders of service, making sure every guest had um, all the information they needed for the service. Guests came in, the, the service began to fill, the church was looking lovely. Uh, and all of a sudden, my mother came, and she was looking radiant. Um, I took her by the arm, and I was about to lead her down the aisle to her seat at the front, when all of a sudden, my dad came and tapped me on the shoulder. Now, my dad, he was leading the service for Caleb and Bethan. And I could just tell by the expression of his face that something was wrong. He says, Nathan, have you seen it? I was like, what? seen what? Nathan, have you seen at my order of service? 
I'm like, Dad, I've got mum, I need to take it down to the front. He's like, no, I need my order of service. It's got all my notes in it. All the vows, all the things I'm going to say, it's in my notes. Have you seen it? I'm like, Dad, I've got to take mum down the front. Let me take it down, then I'll help you look for it. So I take my mum down to the front, and then I begin, with the help of the other ushers, to begin going row by row from the front to the back, asking, can you please look in your order of service? Uh, there might be some notes, and if it fall out, please let us know. We go from the front, every row, every row, every row. I look up, and I see my dad at the back, like that. <laughs> Thumbs up. I go up to him, and he says, I found it. And what did we do? A massive sigh of relief, Right? A moment that looked absolutely hazardous and in full of jeopardy. Massive sigh of relief when my dad's notes were found. We've looked at two passages, one in Mark 16 and one Proverbs 3, our verse for the year. Let me read that again to us. Proverbs 3, <coughs> 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. A great verse for the year, and hopefully, uh, as it has at the beginning of the year, we had some teaching on it, and throughout the years, I pray you've been reflecting on it. It's been an encouragement to you. But the big call of the verse, isn't it? The big call, the big challenge is trust in the Lord. People of God, trust in the Lord. But as we come to Easter Sunday, there's a question, isn't there? A question that we can reflect on. Can he be trusted? It's all well and good being called to trust in God, but the question remains, can God be trusted? And specifically, Jesus. And that's a question the women in Mark chapter 16 must have been asking themselves. Can this person, Jesus, the man we spent three years with, all that he did, all that he said, and now he's gone, can he be trusted? Can Jesus be trusted? And I wonder, throughout the course of this year so far, from January through to Easter now, has that been a question on your heart? Can Jesus be trusted? Maybe it's been a tough year. Struggles, issues. And it's made questions and doubts come in your mind as to the trustworthiness of Jesus. Maybe it's been people in your life, colleagues at work, family, friends, comments they make, sneers, jeers of your Christian life. Waste of time. But, but it makes you think, can he really be trusted? Is Jesus to be trusted? Maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you're here this evening and you've got questions that still remain as to, can this person of Jesus, his life, death and resurrection really be relevant and trustworthy for my life? Whatever the situation, when we're faced with that question, can Jesus be trusted? Are we able, when posed that question, to sigh a massive sigh of relief and say yes? Yes, he is. Yes, he can be. Yes, I will trust Jesus. Well, let's see. Let's have a look at the verses and the women's story and see if they have an answer to that question. Can Jesus be trusted? Have a look down with me at chapter 16, verse 1. 
And we pick up the story from there. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they may go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of their tomb? From the first three verses, we see two things quite clearly. First, we see the women's purpose. Why are they going to the tomb? Well, they've co- they're going to pay their last respects to Jesus. They brought um, spices to anoint his body, to show their final respects. But we're also notice, as well as their purpose of going, they're faced with a problem. What's the problem? Stone. There's a stone in front of the tomb. So they can't get in to do what they've come there to do. The purpose and their problem. But you see, the next verses from verse 4 through to the end of our reading change absolutely everything. Let me read it for us. Verse 4. But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, large had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed, to say the least. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. You see, the the women had a question. Who will roll the stone away? But they find that there's no need for their question. The the stone has already been rolled away. The women also find there's no need for their spices that they've come to anoint the body of Jesus with. Why? Because there is no body. A young man in white, an angel appears. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. But, amazing words. Words that change everything. He has risen. And he doesn't just leave it there. He emphasizes the point. He's not here. See, have a look. The place where they laid him. Ladies, you are at the right place. He was laid here. You're not dreaming. He really did die. He really was laid in this tomb. But now he has risen. Jesus is alive. A few years ago, me and my brother, the brother that got married last Saturday, Caleb, and my dad, there we are, Sydney, who lost his notes, went to Israel. Um, and we spent a week or so in Israel traveling around, seeing the sights. And on one of the days of our visit, we went to the garden tomb. Now, the garden tomb is it's where it said, you'll notice is there the picture, is where Jesus was buried, as tradition has it. So there we are, posing for the picture outside the garden tomb. And so we're we're quite excited. There's a a bit of a stone there. There's a big archway. And it's dark inside, pitch black. So there I am, about to go over the threshold, duck my head under, step inside, and you'll never guess what I saw. You'll never guess. As I walk in, I see nothing. What an anticlimax. There's nothing in there. Well... There's something in there, a sign on the back of the door, which reads this. There's no body, but there's a sign which reads, he's not here, Nathan, Caleb, Sydney. There's no body in the tomb. 
ladies, Mary, Naomi, Salome. He's not here. Why are you here? He is not here, for he is risen. There's nothing in the tomb. Jesus is risen. Jesus is alive. And today, of all days, Easter Sunday, it enables us this truth that Jesus is alive, enables us to sigh a massive sigh of relief when posed the question, can Jesus be trusted? If that sounds true, yes. Yes, we can. We can trust Jesus because Jesus is alive. If Jesus were dead, this would be a toll and not a waste of our time. What on earth are we doing here if Jesus is dead? But Jesus isn't dead. Jesus is alive. If Jesus was dead, the cross would be powerless and meaningless. We'd still be in our sins. We'd still be under God's judgment and wrath. We would be without hope of ever being in a relationship with the God who made us. If Jesus was dead. But Jesus isn't dead. Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, it changes everything. Our sin has been dealt with. Why? Jesus is alive. We are no longer under God's judgment. Why? Jesus is alive. We have been restored to a right relationship with God. Why? Jesus is alive. I can say with confidence and assurance, and so can you this evening, that I am blameless and free from accusation. I am forgiven. I am righteous, not my own righteousness, but God-given righteousness. I have been born again. I am a child of God. I am loved. I am redeemed. I am becoming more like Jesus. I am a new creation. I will have eternal life. Why can I say those things? Why can you say those things? Because Jesus is alive. Amen? Jesus is alive. So when posed with the question, can I trust him? A sigh of relief. No doubt in my mind. I can trust the risen Jesus with the big things, with the small things, with my worries, with my doubts, with my decisions. I can trust him with my family. I can trust him with my friends who don't yet know him. And I can trust him most certainly with my life. And my death. But here's the question I want to leave you with. Can I trust Jesus? Yes. But will you? Will I? Today. Tomorrow. Next week. Next month. Next year. For the rest of my days until I see him face to face. Will I continue on going? Put my trust in the risen, in the risen Jesus. Because I can be certain that he's the person that deserves my trust to be placed in. January the 6th, 1958, five missionaries were killed trying to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus, to the Orca Indians in the Ecuadorian jungle. Their names, Nate Saint, Ed McCulley, Roger Yoderan, Peter Fleming, and Jim Elliott. And just before they left camp, before meeting the Orc Indians for the very first time, they prayed together and they sang a hymn together. 
the hymn we're going to sing now together with confidence. Here's how the final verse of that hymn goes. We rest on thee, our shield and our defender. Thine is the battle. Thine shall be the praise. And note the final two lines. When passing through the gates of pearly splendor, victors we rest with thee through endless days. Moments before their death, that was the hymn of Jim Elliot and his companions. But you see, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, their lives were just a tragic waste. Gone too young for a pointless purpose. If Jesus hadn't risen from the dead, from the dead, Jim and none of his friends were going to enter pearly, pearly splendor. None of us ever will. But we can sing this song together, along with Jim Elliot and his companions, knowing that Jesus is alive, and that they are and have passed through pearly gates of splendor, and are with Jesus now. And we can trust Him with our lives and our deaths, as they did. And before we sing our final hymn together and close our evening, I thought it would be good, and I know some of you are going to think this is going to be my worst nightmare, but what I'm going to ask is to have some time that we can be praying together. We've had time praying individually and out loud corporately, but I think it would be a brilliant time and chance to get into smaller groups. Now that might be a pair if you're sat next to someone that you feel comfortable speaking to, or I'd recommend maybe fours or five, just to give people an out if they don't want to share too much because we all sometimes need a bit of an out. But what a privilege and what a chance and opportunity to almost share with one another maybe something that God has put in your heart off the back of our time together in his word and almost asking them to pray for you. That's what I'd love us to do, to pray for each other, not just to pray for ourselves, but to pray for a brother or sister, to pray with a friend in Jesus. And to spend some good time doing that. So if it's okay with you, why don't you get yourselves into those groups with the people around you. It might be a pair, it might be a four, whatever you feel comfortable with. I'll let you work that out between yourselves. And spend a good five, six, seven minutes maybe sharing one thing that God's put in your heart. And then praying for each other. And then we'll come back together and finish our time with our final song. If you want to make that your last prayer, we'll come back around together and we'll sing our, sing our final song together. And it'd be great, wouldn't it, to remember one or two of those things that you shared with one another and maybe commit to praying for each other for the rest of this week. Small goals, isn't it? Let's take a week at a time, uh, but let's commit to praying for each other, not just this evening, but um, going out from here as well. Why don't we stand together and sing this anthem? Uh, Jesus Christ is risen today. Hallelujah. What a way to finish. But why don't we finish by saying the grace together? May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.